This program is brought to you by Bible Way Media, overseen by the Chipman Road Church of Christ in Lisa, Missouri. You are listening to Diligent Teacher with my mom, Lisa Earl. Hello, ladies. Thank you for tuning in to the Diligent Teacher podcast today. I'm your host, Lisa Earl. In Genesis chapter 12, we can read of the threefold promise that God gave to Abraham before he left his homeland to journey to a land that God would show him. The threefold promise included Abraham inheriting a vast area of land, becoming a great nation, and the earth being blessed with Jesus through that great nation. Now, fast forward a few chapters, and Abraham and his wife Sarah were barren. They hadn't had a child, and in their eyes, they were running out of time. This is the same Abraham and Sarah that had packed up all of their belongings and started off on a journey that they had no idea where they were going because God had told them to. But here in chapter 18, Sarah started lamenting her plight, started thinking that maybe what God said wasn't what he meant, that maybe she needed to do something to help the situation along. And do you remember God's plan for the family? It started at the beginning with Adam and Eve. He made Adam, and then he made a helpmeet for him, Eve. There were just two, a man and a woman. If God thought Adam needed more than one wife, he would have made him more than one. But he didn't. God's plan for the family was established. Then, even though man decided differently. Let's take a moment now to read Genesis 16, starting in verse 1. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid, perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarai. Then Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife, after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan. So he went to Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. There are so many things in this passage that we can dissect. Let's take a look just at a few of them at this time. First, Abraham and Sarah obviously fully trusted God before this situation. Again, they left their homeland to travel to an unknown destination, trusting that God would fulfill the promise that he gave them. Why, though, did they trust him in that? They would get a great area of land, but not trust him enough that they would become parents no matter how old they were. Or even further than that, why didn't they trust that the blessing of the world would come through them? Sarah was Abraham's wife. Hagar is called his wife later, but Sarah is the first and the one recognized by God. The promise was for Abraham and Sarah to have a child, not Abraham and Hagar. The next problem with this story is that Sarah decided that Abraham needed to be with Hagar. Abraham should have put her in her place, but he didn't. To me, that shows that Abraham was also faltering in his trust in God. A lot of times I read articles or sit in classes where Sarah is being blamed for this whole situation, but in reality, it was the both of them. They were both guilty. Abraham did not have to take Hagar. Now, the third thing that I want to point out in this passage is that as soon as Hagar conceived, she started to despise Sarah, and Sarah realized her grave error in verse 5. 
this hatred would never have had a place to land if Sarah and Abraham would have trusted God to do what he said he would do. And after realizing what she did, she dealt so harshly with Hagar that Hagar felt that she had to run away from her, taking the child that Sarah so desperately wanted with her. Sarah knew that that child was not hers no matter what she wanted. And this error that these three adults made, because let's face it, Hagar could have also said no, did not fix the situation. It just gave way for hatred and for mistreatment of each other from then on. Sarah dealing harshly with Hagar wasn't going to be an isolated incident. Hagar did end up going back to Sarah at that time, and she gave birth to Ishmael, who again was never Sarah's child and could never have been Sarah's child. Now let's fast forward a bit to Genesis chapter 21 and verse 1. And the Lord visited Sarah and as, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham and Sarah could have just trusted that God would do what he had said to them. And even though their faith faltered and they had tried to help God out, that's in quotations, God still fulfilled his promise the way that he had intended. But Abraham and Sarah's sin didn't magically go away after they had Isaac. Remember that Hagar despised Sarah, and it seems as though she also taught Ishmael to do the same. Let's continue reading in Genesis chapter 21 at verse 8. So the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham, this is talking about Isaac here, and Abraham made a great feast on the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, scoffing. Therefore she said to Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. And the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's sight because of his son. Hagar never respected Sarah again after she had Ishmael, and Sarah didn't seem to value Hagar anymore either. Sarah played with fire and then was never, never able to fully put out the flames. And that is what sin does. It keeps giving and giving, and it follows you, and the consequences of it follows you. Abraham did end up sending Hagar and Ishmael away, but not without remorse. He was losing his firstborn son. And did you hear what Sarah called Ishmael? She said, The son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son. Sarah knew Ishmael was not hers. No matter what she had made up in her own head when she originally gave Hagar to Abraham, she knew that that child was not hers. Sarah and ultimately Abraham were guilty of letting their emotions run away. She was so distraught that she didn't have a child that she decided to ignore what God had promised. They had every reason to trust God and keep their faith in him. But instead, they chose to follow their own hearts, and they messed up big. Their mistake led to hatred, guilt, heartache, and the mistreatment of others. And here's the real crux of the matter. God doesn't need our help. He doesn't need us to make up our own rules because something that we think should be happening isn't happening. He does not need us to fix, in quotations, his alleged mistakes, because he does not make mistakes. If he promises something, it will happen, whether it happens immediately, in 10 years, in 20 years, 
or in 500 years. We should never take it upon ourselves to change what he says because we don't understand fully what he said. God's promises are real and we can see over and over how he works and how he fulfills. He has promised to his followers a home in heaven and we can trust that and we can look forward to that and we can live with him eternally if we follow his commands. Let us all strive to live according to God's words so that we can be partakers of his wonderful promises. Thank you for taking the time to listen and always remember to teach them diligently. We thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Bible Media by visiting our website, BibleWayMedia.org. You can find all of our podcasts and all major podcast platforms. As always, we thank you for listening.